today on the dad the best i can show it's tough though you know it's it's really really tough and then i wonder to myself too you know my daughter my son i mean you know if you were to say i mean i say they're black kids you know um so i you know i think to myself like you know what's going to happen when they're out there in the world you know and how do i train them and how do i put them in the right mindset of how to deal with things and how not to be fearful but but at the same time how not to be like a complete d-bag to people on stuff you know what i mean like there's so much stuff going through my head and and you know you want to have the answer because you're you're the person that's supposed to have the answer because they come to you with the questions i don't have it right now you know all i can do right now is just show show empathy towards it and have them understand um what that you know what that means and 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 how that essentially could get us further in life you know what i mean so but it's hard man i mean it, it's real hard especially when you walk in in my shoes right now you know i mean i know there are a lot of black men that walk in in the same shoes so it's just it's just tough welcome to the dad the best i can podcast my name is rob roseman who wants to be a millionaire legend chicago futures trader las vegas poker pro now i'm a dad to three kids ages eight six and three Phew, wears me out just thinking about it. Each week we bring on dads like you, entrepreneurs like Jesse Itzler, CEOs like David Cancel from Drift.com, athletes like Ken Rideout, to tell your stories, your tips and tricks to help all of us make it through dad life. We've got some exciting news to share. The Dad the Best I Can book is coming out later this month. Head on over to dadthebestican.com and enter your email for a chance to win a free book. The Dad the Best I Can book will be packed with the best dad tips and nuggets from the podcast. Sign up with your email for free for a chance to get your copy at dadthebestican.com. Okay, enough out of me. On to today's show. All right, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can podcast. Today we are lucky to be joined by Mike Johnson. Mike is the founder of Decatur FM. He is helping Jesse Itzler create the brand new BYLR radio, which you can hear the Dad the Best I Can podcast on soon. And of course, Mike is a dad. How's it going today, Mike? What's up, Rob? I feel like my ship has finally arrived, man. I've been I've been waiting for this invite for a long, long time, brother. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to have some of these conversations that I see these other cool dads having so I can chime in a little bit. So I appreciate you giving me the invite. I really, really do. I'm sure with two little ones, you're probably talking to yourself a lot, wishing somebody would record it because you're going hey, through listen, it, right? Listen, as we sit here right now, you know, every dad could relate to this. So, um, so my, my wife and my kids, they went up to see, um, her, my my wife's mom. So I am actually rolling solo at the house for the next couple of weeks. And yes, any dad out there, I know what you're thinking. You son of a, yeah, you're envying. It's great. But anyway, I do miss my family though, very much, especially yeah, considering everything that's going on right now. And, um, and, you know, it, it's funny, man, because it's just, you know, you have this crazy pandemic. So as a dad, you got to be there for the kids and, you know, be as strong as you can, keeping them just like moms are doing, but just keeping them, you know, safe and healthy. But then, you know, on <clears throat> on the flip side, you have, you know, this crazy, crazy um, racial divide that we have right now in our country. Right. And as a black man, you know, a black father, 
um, raising kids of mixed race because my wife is white. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a very interesting storm. Um, you know, trying to figure out like what our angle of explaining will be to our children. I think right now I have a little bit, little, little bit of time because, you know, my, uh, my youngest is only seven months. My daughter's four. Um, and I have older kids, but they, you know, I mean, that's, that's another conversation, but, um, you know, right now just trying to figure out like eventually, like, what am I going to say and how do I say it? You know, I, I try to think to myself, like, I do want to invoke emotion on how, um, important what, what is going on is and what it is per se. And I don't even know how to explain that, but, um, <clears throat> I don't want to invoke any kind of like bad emotion, you know, like I really don't want to see, I don't want my kids to see me like hateful or disgusted. I would rather them see me hopeful that, um, that as, as human beings, we can all get through this together. It's tough though, you know, it's, it's really, really tough. And then I wonder to myself too, you know, my daughter, my son, I mean, you know, if you were to say, I mean, I'll say that black kids, you know? Um, so I, you know, I think to myself, like, you know, what's gonna happen when they're out there in the world, you know, and how do I train them and how do I put them in the right mindset of how to deal with things and how not to be fearful but but at the same time, how not to be like a complete D-bag to people on stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much stuff going through my head. And, and you know, you want to have the answer because you're the, you're the person that's supposed to have the answer because they come to you with the questions. I don't have it right now. You know, all I can do right now is just show, show empathy towards it and have them understand um, what that, you know, what that means and, and, and how that essentially could get us further in life you know what I mean so but it's hard man I mean it, it's real hard especially when you walk in in my shoes right now you know I mean I know there are a lot of black men that walk in in the same shoes so it's just it's just tough yeah I think I can't imagine first of all and I think that's one thing I do want to talk about is just you know a lot of your white friends I'm sure don't know how to talk about this and you know open that dialogue and we do want to support you know the whole movement but we're not sure. So everybody's still kind of walking on eggshells. And I think what you said too, about being a dad is important because it kind of probably does keep you in check a little bit. And you're like, is this the way I want to act? Is this the way I want my kids to see me act? Is this the way I want them to act? So a lot yeah. of nuance about it. And I think the problem is that you've talked about is, you know, the media shoves it down your throat as uh, this is bad. This is good. You're for this side. You're for this side. So very confusing. So that's why I'm glad you're on to I, talk about it. I am. Um, you know, I find it really funny, man. Like, I find myself a lot of times, right, as a father, like, you know, it's crazy how you change, man, when you go through life as men, right? Like, you go from, you know, the toddler to the adolescent to the teen to the young man who's just trying to, you know, some of us, sow, you know, we're sowing our wild oats or whatever it is you want to call it, and things that are, that are important and are not as important. And I never really thought about family and kids as far as in my life, you know, at any given point as something that was priority. And then when I finally got married, we had kids, you know, I, I find myself, man, looking at my children, like, I'll, I, I'm pretty sure you do this too, like staring at them, right? Just like, just really just, just losing yourself in the thought of what are they thinking? Where are they being? How can I protect you? How can I help you? Right. And I think right now, I think more than ever, it's just a matter of showing them love, man, because, <clears throat> because I feel like when these kids are born, you know, 
and let's just say it, I'm black, you're white. Rob, if our kids were, you know, same age and our kids at that same age of seven months, eight months, a year, four years old, they get together, they don't see that stuff. You know what I mean? There's no prejudices, you know, because they sh- they're, they're, they're bathed in love, right? Um, both from both, both projections, the mom and, I mean, obviously the dad, because dads need to do that too as well, just, you know, different. But if we do that, right, and we continuously um, ingrain that into our kids' minds, man, you know, that's how we win, right? Because I, I firmly believe this, this systemic situation is, is not inbred in any human being. I think it's taught. It's, it's something that's taught. Now, where did it come from? I don't know. Where did it? Where, I, I couldn't tell you, you know. What I do know is when I see kids, you know, straight, you know, just, just, just born and, and they grow up and at a certain point, that's when they start deciding, like, you know, the color of my skin and you're different and socially you're different from me. And that's the stuff that we teach our kids. And we got to be we got to be better about that, man. You know what I mean? I get that we all are in different classes in life. That doesn't mean human respect, you know? That's mm-hmm. just that's just granted to everybody. I don't care if you're rich, you're poor, whatever. I need to respect you. You know? So that's what I that's what I am ingraining into my children, you know? Um as, as much as I can, you know? I mean, if I could take a drill and just you're never gonna, you know? But um but yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important as fathers right now that we 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 um we hold our kids tight. Um and uh we we love on them a lot and we teach them how to love, you know, because if you can do that, man, that will literally, you know, that will literally that will solve ninety nine percent of our problems. Right. You know, by yeah. fuck. So you know, that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I mean, that is part of the, that helpless feeling as to what can I do? And when I look around at what can I do is look, I got these three little kids that are, like you said, coming into this world where they don't have any of this prejudice. They don't know anything from it, except maybe that kid has darker skin color, but they're outside playing. They don't think about it at all. And I wonder when that starts to change, whether that's their friends with their friends, parents influencing them, or just being in classes where the ratios are a little different but yeah i said if there's anything i can do let me at least channel it to you know changing that the next generation because i'm sure as much as as bad as it seems right now and i think you mentioned this too this has been going on for a long time and in a lot of ways it's probably gotten a lot better it's just that you know media is showing it is so much worse so you know just improve generation to to generation to talk about that like here's the other thing too i think um is, you know, I don't necessarily believe that racism has gotten worse. I think it's always been bad. I think we just now have technologies that allow us to see it right now, right here, and over and over and over and over again, right? You know, it's just like anything else, man. It just gets ingrained into your system. And, you know, those neural pathways start to, you know, get created and those emotions, like it's, I feel like it's just, you know, it's it's always been this bad. So let's just start there. I think secondly, you know, as you asked the question, you know, it was funny, a friend of mine um, and I were just talking um, here yesterday. He came over to the house and he, he was getting ready to leave and he's also black. And I was walking him out. We get to the driveway and uh, he's getting ready to get in his car, but we start to talk. 
It's a beautiful day outside, right? And I've lived in this neighborhood for 20 years, so I know how people are. Because of what's the unrest, every single white person is now being overly nice, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, whoa, like, hold on, man. Like, you know, like, let's just chill for a second, okay? And I'm not saying, like, to confuse people, like, what do you want? All we're asking, all I'm asking is, like, listen, just, you know what I mean? Human rights, be fair, right? And I lead into this other question, you know I mean, to this other thing, you know, for our kids, um, you know, what happened to George Floyd is, is horrific. And I think there's nobody that you've probably been on this interview with or you know that would not agree with that statement, right? I think we're all unanimously in agreements with that, right? The thing about it is, unfortunately, that situation is so huge that as an individual, we can't wrap our minds around it, right? You can't wrap your head around it to do something about it, right? On that level. So what do you do? You drill it down to where you live, your neighborhoods. That's how you make change, right? So we have a situation here. I live in a small town, a suburb of of Atlanta. And um, we had a situation here recently where a young white teenager was caught on tape with a gun saying, this is, this is what I'm going to use to kill you. And he said the N-word, right? Major unrest in the city, right? Now, listen, <clears throat> how do you deal with that? Right? I could get mad and I could, you know what I mean? Or as parents, we all sit down and we figure out how does this not ever happen again, right? Um, you know, my approach to that as a father and as a black man was, you know, less of emotional and more of like, here's the situation. I'm a black man that lives in a city that doesn't have any kids in the school system, right? My hard earned tax dollars has gone towards educating this child and he calls me an N word. He spits in my face by, you know, as, as a thank you, that's not a good return on investment. So I think my, you know, my approach as a father, looking at it as a father, but not, but not as a father with a teenager is to tell some of these parents, First of all, I'm a taxpayer that lives in this neighborhood and I respect this neighborhood enough where I will give you my hard earned dollars to educate and make sure that we raise your child properly. In return for that, I expect you to sprout me a good human being, right? Not somebody that's going to do that, okay? And if he can't do that, or if he or she can't do that, then we need to figure out what the repercussions are to make this child understand, if you do something like this, these are the repercussions, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, so like, we all can do things no matter what we are. We, we may not necessarily be, be dads like you and I. We may not necessarily be parents, you know, moms. You know, you could just live in a neighborhood and you want to know whether you're white or black, what could you do? You know, think about it like that. Like, you're a taxpayer. You're doing your part, right? So you are granted certain liberties and certain pieces of respect based on how hard you work to build that area that you live in. And while you're building that area that you live in, the people that run that area, you got to make sure you keep them accountable. I don't want to go into the whole like voting and politics thing, but it's true. Like, you know what I mean? Like start your stuff at the house. I mean, at, 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 at home base, mm-hmm. you know, come on, you talk about BYLR and Jesse Itzler and everybody. I mean, you know what those guys do. They do extreme stuff. They do all these crazy races, right? But they don't go out and run a 26 miler, you know, well, they probably do, but the normal person wouldn't go out today and just run 26 miles just because you got to ease into it, right? I look at it as the 26 miles is the George Floyd situation. You got to do a mile first. You know what I mean? You got to get a strong mile. That strong mile is your home base, right? Your home base where you live, your home base where families live, where these kids 
our generation, you know, our next generation lives. We gotta make sure that that we plant those seeds, and when it's time to harvest those seeds, those children, that we have the best harvest we possibly can. I don't That's know. Good. So, so how do you think? I mean, the problem is, is that kid in that video probably learned that from his parents, whether directly or indirectly, and they are probably a lost cause in some ways, like, you know, a lot of people are. So it's maybe that's not where our energy should be put, but these people that are kind of, you know, more on the fence, more confused, more want to help, but, you know, or feel like they're walking on eggshells. How do you think you open that conversation up with that person that's... Rob, let's let's just be honest, man. Deep down in your gut, right? Deep down in your gut as a human being, I'm going to stop talking to you as a white man. You stop talking to me as a black man. I'm going to talk to you as a human being. In your gut, right? You know something is wrong. Okay. And you know, something has to be done, right? In some way, shape or form. So that, that's, 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 that's just a human instinct. And then the other part of your human instinct, which is good in all of us, I firmly believe, you know what I'm saying? The other part of it is you want to do something to help. Okay. Now, whatever it is that you want to do to help, that's on you. Like, don't be scared of it. Sometimes you just got to ask, you know, sometimes you just got to say, shit, man, if you want to say, excuse me, I didn't mean to curse, but sometimes if you want to say, you know, listen, man, Whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know if to say I'm sorry. I just know that I'm here, period, done. I just want to say that, you know what I mean? And sometimes that's all it takes, you know? It hurts more when you don't say nothing, right? You know, like whatever it is, you just say something and, you know, whatever it is on your mind, you just get it off and that's it. And I don't think people look at it as corny, you know, because you know deep down that it's genuine. Now, there's some people that are just trying to be like, oh, shit, let me just, I got to be fake. Like, you know, and you can tell the difference, mm -hmm. you know, but I just think that, um, and then sometimes it's like, you, you just have some friends, man, you know, and I don't even look at it like you have some white friends. Like, I just have some friends, if you want to say that are white, that we don't even, like, the conversation isn't even there because I know, like, there's love there. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I got your back. You got my, like, there's not even a question, you know? You, your kids, your family, believe me, I will take care of them like I take care of my own if I ever see them. So there's that, always that understanding. So I just don't want us to fall into, like you said earlier, the media, the, you know, the, all the, the, the wag the dog stuff that's going on around us. Don't be dogmatic to all that, right, to a degree. Do pay attention to what's going on in your neighborhood, but don't fall don't let your neuroses get so wrapped up into the it's black it's white i don't know what to say oh my god like just be human man and feel for a second you got it everybody has it everybody has that feeling you can't tell me you know we all we're we're all somehow or the other in some way shape or form cut from some form of the same cloth you know there's just variations that's all there is so. yeah and i think it it's I mean a lot of it's just lazy and a lot of it is consuming all this media because that is they want you to be scared, be confused, make you have to pick a team, make you, you know, lay back and be quiet because you don't know what to say. So I do think, right, not reacting right away, accepting that there's going to be some nuance with this and not feeling like, you know, that's the thing too. It's like, I, I feel like a lot of this at first on social media, like, man, this just, is, is this just a bunch of virtue signaling where a bunch of white people have this guilt that we need to put this black square up and, uh, uh, I, I did kind of hold back from that because I know how I am as a person, but I'm like, does this make it different? And I heard a woman talk about why it's still important to, you know, make that statement, put yourself out there because 
if anything, it could maybe open up the dialogue with your family that's not as open to discussing it. So I think while it does feel like what, what, like you said, is it a little corny, is it a little bit of virtue signaling, it might be that, but I think the benefits outweigh the costs of it, which is the key that's going on right now. I think the other thing, just you know, to, to, to rewind what you just talked about the media, we have to understand too, as somebody who has worked in the media and still continues to, right? But I, I work in a different, different arena of it. But you have to remember a lot of these networks that you listen to, they are, their main goal is to keep you listening, right? An average quarter hour, how long do you listen? Because that translates into sales, into dollars, into ratings, into you, know, you name it, right? Good news does not sell. Cures for disease doesn't sell, okay? All right? So they've got to keep you cliffhanging. They've got to draw emotions. If you came in every day and go, it's another beautiful day in Atlanta, the weather's going to be 90 degrees, and there's been no crime. Thank you for tuning in, right? How many times do you think you're going to listen to CNN? Because every day you're going to wake up, it's another beautiful day. Why do I need to know that? You know what I mean? Instead, they want to go, oh, you know, Somebody got killed. Trump did this. You know, can you believe they did that? Look at this. Look at that. Right. They don't care about we're cattle to them. Right. So that's one. First and foremost. Right. All they care about is ratings. All because if CNN really cared. Right. Here's the deal. All right. CNN, if you care that much, do us a favor. Take off all your advertising. Just do new. Just let's just worry about journalism. Let's just worry about all these stories. No ads whatsoever. Think they do it? Right? They all have certain mantras, too. Obviously, we know CNN leans more left. Fox leans more right. Fox, that's another one. Fox has a mantra. Like, their mantra is like, we have to tell a story enough that'll get, like, the white woman in suburban America scared. You know what I mean? Like, we have to keep her uneasy because she'll keep watching. Like, that's their mantra, right? So there's mantras in all of this. So we get caught up in that neuroses. Of, we go down that rabbit hole, right? It's like taking the red pill or the blue pill. Which one do you want, right? So... That's the first thing that we have to, to understand. You cannot get caught up in that, right? And then secondly, like after you realize that, like then figure out like how do we really, you know, lock down and like find our own truth and follow that gut feeling that we know. You know what I mean? Brother, to this day, man, like I hate to say it, but to this day, like I just feel like, you know, all of this stuff is just, I mean, it's just made to you're right pit us against each other right control somehow the other now we get into conspiracy theories but what i mean by that it, what, what that happens is that translates down to our kids you go into the facebook conversation i'm just pinpointing everything that you just said then you get into facebook now as a father and any other father listening to this episode listen to me very nicely when i say this right our kids do not get news and information like we do or we used to okay we know they, they don't pick up the newspaper. They don't watch the news networks, okay? They're not reading. I mean, they're reading, but they're getting it in different fragments now. They get, they're getting, their networks are Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. There are groups, people don't realize, they're political groups that are strictly concentrated on going into the colleges to educate children, right, our children, on which form of mentality to have. You want to be on the right, and here's why. You want to be on the because. And the way that they target them is through these social networks. That's how they get their news. So as a dad or a mom that's conforming to now the digital world, if I were you, 
for a month. Don't look at ABC, NBC, any of that. Try to get your news from Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and then see how you feel, right? And then see how things get so distorted, right? You got to, so I say that to say, man, we have to reel it in our, in our, we have to reel it in on our kids. This is a world that they're going to live in regardless. So we've got to teach them the moderation of how to take any and everything and how do you, how, how do you draw your own conclusion, right? And how do you draw your own reality, right? Because the reality that everybody else outside of us is trying to paint for us is extremely horrific, right? It's extremely, extremely um, one that divides us, right? You know, you got race right now that's dividing us. You got COVID that's physically dividing us, right? We're human beings, man. We're pack tight creatures. We thrive on, you know, interaction. So now you tell me I stand six feet apart from somebody, so I can't touch anybody, right? Then you're telling me that that person, that white person doesn't like this black person, so I don't even want to be six feet away. I want to be further away from you, right? Listen, like wake up and make sure that it's too late for you and I. We're a wrap. That's it. We're done, right? But what's coming up behind us, take a look at that every day, fellas, and make sure that you water that and you make sure that you trim that and you make sure that the soil around it is, is fruitful and very nourishing so you get this really strong tree that is, is immovable and has a set of standards and morals and goals, you know what I mean, like, like no other. You know, that's my dad advice for the day. So I know your kids are a lot of stuff you hit there that I want to talk about. Your kids are too young to really understand it. If they were a little older, you know, all this about media, of course, they don't understand it. What does that conversation or explanation look like that? You know, I even me, I like you're talking about CNN. That's my if you I don't really watch too much news. I try not to, but that would be my go to station. And like you're saying, just because they're on your side doesn't mean they're not there's a reason they're probably not showing peaceful protests too is because they do want you know to keep you hooked and to keep you outraged even if it's you're outraged about trump instead of the other way around but how do you explain that or how will you explain that to your kids so maybe they can understand that not the media is garbage you know you can't listen to it but how can you learn that there's some nuance to it and that you do have to think for yourself and that a lot of kids are around are probably consuming it in a way that's not as productive. So we're, we're repetitive creatures, right? You know, um, it takes a while for us to understand, I mean, to, to get into a habit. And once you form a habit, right, you know, that's when disciplines are, are set. You know what I mean? And I feel the same way. I think, you know, listen, another bit of advice I always heard. So I, I you know, I do a lot of... Uh, along with technology, I have so many, so many other interests in so many different arenas. And one of the biggest, biggest arenas that I have so much interest in and I dive so deep in is, uh, is down the, the health arena. Right. Um, I swear to God, I could take the MCAT and probably pass not even study. But, um, so there's a, a really cool cellular biologist that I follow. His name is Dr. Bruce Lipton. Right. And I read a book that I got introduced to him by his first book, which was called the biology of belief. And I encourage any father to read this book because I think it's, 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 or anybody for that matter that listens to read this book. Because I think it's amazing. It'll give you a whole different outlook on life as we know it. But anyway, he always says, or he always quoted an old, um, an old Athenian quote that said, um, show me a child until they're seven and I'll show you the man. 
okay? What that means is the first seven years of a child's life is the most important, most critical, and chances are after seven years of life, right? Um, after seven years of life, that child pretty much is, is, is de will determine what his personality traits are, you know, what he likes, what he doesn't like moving forward in life, what his fears are, you know, so on and so forth, right? The reason why, and Dr. Lipton goes into this about, you know, just the, 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 the brainwave activity of a child versus where we're at is that much lower. So it's more influenceable, if you would. So as we, so they're just taking it in, right? Taking it in. I could give numerous, numerous examples of how, just from a personal standpoint, things that I remember seeing as a child that has affected me up to now as an adult that I'm trying to fix that I saw from my parents. So I say this to fathers, I say this to moms, right? In, this, in answer to your question as far as the TV and how do you answer that? You know, this is gonna be an old school bit of advice, but you gotta limit the amount of time that your kids have in front of that piece of equipment, right? Because that repetition is all they will know. Listen, man, my daughter will come to me and recite a commercial she sees, right? She knows she'll go, daddy, I want this nail thing, right? Well, how'd you know about that? Well, daddy, it does this, this, and this, and this, and don't forget the stamp thing. How'd you, from the commercial. She's seen it so much, she's memorized it, right? It is now ingrained into her pathway, right? So that tells me I need to back up, and I need to limit that. Now, it's hard, because, you know, in today's world, man, that's the easiest thing. Sit here, watch TV, daddy's got to do this, right? It's a hard one. That just means maybe you need to spend a little bit more time, right? Maybe they need to be around you. Maybe if you need to be under the car changing oil, maybe you just have them sit there. You talk to them about changing the oil, whatever it is that you're doing. You know, me, if I'm in here coding, maybe I'm telling, you know, my daughter, like, you know, practice this on, you know, here so we can learn how to do this. I don't know, but keeping an eye on it, man, because from zero to seven, man, that's all you. Everybody, everybody from zero to seven, that's 100% your responsibility as a parent, as a father, what you're going to put inside that, 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 lid of that child's head right that's all your responsibility you know so be very 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 careful you know of what you say what you do because they see that you know i mean i i suffer from those things from my parents and i didn't have a bad childhood but there's some things about my childhood that wasn't very pleasant you know that i attribute to you know uh when i was a child mm -hmm. i don't know how to shake it you know what I mean? Right. I mean, my version of shaking it right now is blaming my parents, which I'm learning not to. It's your fault. It's your fault. You know, here I am. I'm 47 years old. Your fault. You know, like a little kid. But you know, you don't want that. You do not want that. You do not want down the road like this child in the, in my city that said the N word. You do not want down the road. You know that he still. You know this still surfaces and he goes to his parents. You told me, or you didn't correct me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. there, there you go. Case point closed. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dad Best I Can podcast. Please sell all checks and money orders. No, I'm serious. But we really do need to just be very, very mindful of um, how we feed our kids um, mentally, mm -hmm. you know, um, because it, it, it really will determine the outcome of who they are as adults. And really, when you, I mean, you got to look at just the next generation. Like, that's who's going to be taking care of you and I when we're 80, brother. Right. You know what I mean? So we got to get on it. Let's make it that long, Mike. You got a few years. You got to get to seven. How old are your youngest? Youngest is four. No, I mean, youngest. No, no, sorry. Youngest is seven months. Yeah, oh, man. Youngest. All right. You got your work cut out for you. Yeah, man. We're working. <laughs> enjoy, we're enjoy this, this little downtime. I know you're still probably waking up at 6 a.m., but yeah. enjoy the quiet.
I'm waking up at 6 a.m. I got to go to sleep with uh, with all the sound machines on in the house. Yeah. Um, there's a whole process that I got to do because the, the night before last, I, I got in. I was so tired. I just went right up to bed. And uh, the house was so quiet. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I was like, it starts going, I can't, I sleep. But then I just turned everything up and then fell right to sleep. <laughs> Woke up the next morning. <laughs> There's the answer. So. Yeah. And then you'll miss uh, them and, and be excited to have them back. That's how it works. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't stand them and then you can't wait to have them back. It's just a yeah. cycle. Exactly. So I appreciate you having me on there, brother. Yeah, Mike. Tell uh, people where they can find you and what you're working on now. So, um, I have this small platform, um, in Decatur called Decatur FM. It's an online radio station basically made for everything that we talked about. It's, I designed it strictly to find out how can we create better community? It's a place where my neighbors here in town, we just talk about stuff that's going on in the neighborhood. So if you tune in and you're anywhere else in the country, sorry, we don't talk about anything else other than Decatur, but we do play some great music and we have some great conversations. Some of it is very generic. Also working on some great stuff with, um, our mutual friend of ours, Jesse Itzler, we're partners in um, this platform that we're doing called BYLR Radio. Um, we've got another station too as well, launching a classic hip hop station called Jay's Hat. So I basically am just launching radio stations to spread the word of love. <laughs> I like it. And I like what you said about Decatur because so much of this news we watch and we're focused on is on this national level, but I'm sure anybody will tell you that what's going on in your neighborhood in your, you know, the smaller political stuff is more important. We don't really think about voting for that or caring for it. We just know who's president and who's not, but like what you're doing, you know, your community is probably more your home in a lot of ways than the country is. Yep. 100%. So you got to make sure you take care of it. You know what I mean? Leave right, it, my, always leave it better than, always leave it better than what you saw it when you came in when you're leaving so leave the world is a better place deal i'll put my kids in charge of that too <laughs> they can do it yeah all right mike thank you for being on dad best i can podcast let's talk again soon yes sir thank you for listening to today's episode i hope you enjoyed it do me a quick favor head on over to dad the best i enter your email for a chance to win the new dad the best i can book take you about eight seconds in total appreciate you guys if you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Actually, five stars. We could do better than that. Brooks? Infinity. Infinity stars. Cameron, how many stars? Infinity thousand. Infinity thousand. You got to one-up them in this household. Thanks. See you.